Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 Grant. Um, yeah. Oh, hi, hi, Doctor, Doctor. It's... Uh, Grant, Grant, you have to hang on a second. Hang on, Paul. Look, I'm, can you give me just one second? I'm on the phone with another client. I'll be as quick as I can. Okay, okay. Um, sorry, Grant. Yeah, look, I have to go. But look, yes, I, I'm sure it's all very, very real. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but look, uh, write it down. Put it in one of your comic books. Okay, you do that for me. Yeah, yeah put it in the comics. Yeah, okay. Okay, thank you, Grant. Thank you. Bye. 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 <sighs> okay, Paul. Ah, uh, sorry for that. Um, now, you may have heard me talking about comics with the other client. Ignore that. We, uh, that's a different case. You shouldn't have heard any of that. Uh, what we're trying to do with you is get you off comics. Okay? So, I gave you some homework last week, and you were meant to pick a non-comic book for you to read. And come and tell me how you've been doing with that. So, so my friend, wh- how are you doing? What have you been reading? What, what's the what's the forward one, as the children say? Yeah, um, Doctor Sherbert Herman. Um, I I did read a a, a, a book. A book. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, That's uh, great. Excellent. First step is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, it, I, it was. It wasn't. I don't think it was really a comic. Oh, it was a bit comic. It was a bit like a comic. Uh, what what's it called? Uh, multiversity. Hey, Paul. DCOCD, the DC Events Podcast, where we're looking at every single DC event from Crisis on Infinite Earths in 1985, all the way up to everything in order, as long as we get to things, and we have come to 2014 and Multiversity, and I am joined by my friend Mike from Waiting for Doom and DCOCD and other podcasts, and (laughs) The Gary Show, and we are also joined by the king of the the guitar sting, Jerry Green. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Professor Thanks. Frenzy, as he's known, and yes, it is a show, apparently. It is a show. It's a show. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Paul. Hi, Mike. So, Jerry, you've been a long-time comic reader, collector, and event um, connoisseur? Yeah, I've done, uh, done my share, that's for sure. I kind of started uh, a long time ago with horror comics, you know, those anthology comics back in the 70s. So I really like that stuff. All oh, right. 
Yeah. Anyway, we are looking at uh, Multiversity, which is um, ri- all written, entirely written by one man, Grant Morrison. Um, but I think we cannot discount the contributions of the artists in this case because the art is incredible and um, mm-hmm. amazing, and there would have been a lot of conversations about how to do some of it. So uh, in the art we have, uh, I'm going to list them all in one go, get it all out of the way, uh, Ryan Hughes, Ivan Race. Joe Prado, Chris Sprouse, Carl Story, Ben Oliver, Frank Quietly, that piece of crap Cameron Stewart, Marcus Toe, <laughs> Paula Sequera, Jim Lee, Scott Williams, Sandra Hope, Mark Owen, Jonathan Glapian, uh, Doug Monkey, Christian Alamy, Keith Champagne, Jamie Mendoza, and Eba Ferreira. And it's also lettered by Todd Klein, Rob Lee, Carlos Mungle, uh, Clem Robbins, Steve Wands, and it's all coloured by Nee Rafino, Dave McCaig, Daniel Brown, Nathan Fairbairn, Brian Miller, Alex Sinclair, Jeremy Cox, Gabrielle Eltiabe, David Barron, Jason Wright, and Kevin Sneft. Senth. Anyway, and it's all edited by Ricky Purden. And that's our show, bro. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So, Multiversity, it's uh, nine issues. There's Multiversity 1, which comes at the start, and Multiversity 2, which comes at the end. And in between, there are uh, seven specials, and they are the Society of Superheroes, The Just, Pax Americana, Thunderworld Adventures, The Multiversity Guidebook, Masterman, and Ultra Comics. Mm. Mm. So, Mm. Jerry, what would you say this was about, quickly? Uh, (laughs) This is about... uh, Eight books long. Um, so <laughs> this is a pretty complicated story. There's a lot of ins and outs, and, uh, and it doesn't really give the plot up too eagerly, but I'll give it a try. Um, so we meet the gentry, and they're these, they're these multidimensional flying eyeballs in a sack, and they're attacking all the multiverses. And we meet Nix Utan, who's the last of the monitors and also super judge, and he goes to Earth-7, and he finds it destroyed with Thunderers, the only survivor. And the gentry turn Nick's evil. Um, but he does something tricky with a Rubik's Cube, which is kind of hard to figure out what exactly he's up to. But he's, he does something. Plot point alert, right? And the gentry turn him into a baddie. But Thunderer sounds the interdimensional alarm. Um, and uh, the alarm wakes up Harbinger. And Harbinger transports a bunch of heroes to defend Earth-8. And Nix is there. And the gentry are attacking. And the good guys are getting whooped. Um, it's also... <laughs> probably a good time to point out that there's a comic book called Ultra Comics that's rumored to be haunted and the gentry send it to different Earth universes to attack them. And I'm not sure about the science behind that. Uh, but, you know, th- and the narrator urges you to stop reading the comic book because you don't want to release the gentry into your house. Uh, that would be bad. So we see the comics throughout the issue and it's being read and, you know, people get attacked. Some awful things happen. Vandal Savage gets killed. Uh, Captain Marvel um Savannah takes over the rock of eternity and kidnaps shazam and Savannah gets a bunch of other multiverse savannas and he creates with some time crystals an eighth day of the week savannah day uh marvel family shows up because due to bad worker management relations uh savannah day only has eight hours so that's a problem uh so that goes bad for him uh the other savannas the marvels get them uh, but we, we find out some of them turn bad. We find out that there's somebody called the empty hand. So empty hand is bad. Uh, that's going to be important, like in the last two pages. <laughs> uh, we get a map of the multiverse and a recap of all the Earths, and that's super handy. Um, and, um, you know, many Earths are having battles against these gentries, 
and evil Nick's Utan um, is fighting the good guys. The Rubik's Cube gets solved and uh, he fights against the gentry. And then we run into the empty hand. Now, it turns out all this fighting was so empty hand could determine if the heroes on the worlds were dangerous or, or not and decides they are not. And he stops the battle and leaves with the gentries uh, with a warning. He may return. He declares victory, departs the field, and the crisis is over. Harbinger transports all the heroes to the House of Heroes, and everyone gets a membership card to Operation Justice Incarnate, which has a nice ring to it. Ring to it. <laughs> so that's the end. <laughs> that's multiversity in a nutshell. Well, and you are to be highly commended because that made more sense than reading it. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what happens. Yeah. I mean, there's layers upon layers, and there's a bit of nuance in there. Um, there's things I don't fully get. Um, there's things that... Uh, Grant Morrison tends... When he's fully uh, in his mode like this, um, he's dangling ideas in front of me, and I'm reaching up to grab these ideas, and I get spaghetti fingers, and I just can't grasp them. Um, <laughs> so that is how he often makes me feel. And as he's gone on with his DC career, it's gotten... Um, worse, I would say, or more pronounced in its um, ambiguity or um, obtuseness or whatever. But this, I, I, personally, I find this very enjoyable. It was a very enjoyable read. The art is fantastic. It's got some of the yeah. greatest artists around on it. Um, and, yeah, I, I think part of the origin of this story was uh, after Infinite Crisis, there was the... the uh, messing around with the multiverse again and then at the end of um, 52 there was a 52 world multiverse and Grant Morrison sort of put a bookmark on that and said I want to come back and explain that and DC said sure sure you can do that and then it took years for him to do it and um, New 52 launched in the meantime and he originally intended this to be a way to launch um, new comics about new Earths. So basically, mm -hmm. he could do um, the Charlton heroes in their own world and have that, you know, set up, set that up. So originally, mm -hmm. this was meant to be a launcher for lots of things, and uh, nothing really launched out of it that I can think of. Though I think Scott oh, really? Snyder read it a few times and liked some of it. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, Mike's reading the Justice League, or has been, so there's some of the seeds of that have um, taken to fruition. So, um, Mike, what was the bits that you liked? What were the bits that you thought were a really big deal and very cool? Uh, a really cool bit I liked was in the Society of Superheroes, where Doc Fate uh, comes face to face with Felix Faust, and Felix Faust says, abracadabra, and Doc Fate says, hey, presto, and kicks him in the nards. Um, <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. I love the bit where the um, Zatanna from an alternate Earth during the big, one of the big climactic battles at the end, uh, she does her backward spell and <laughs> changes the, I think they're called the, the Blood League, where all the Justice League are vampires, uh, and she says that all vampires crave coffee, and not um, <laughs> blood. Another laugh out loud moment because I think Vampire Batman says something like, "Ah, oh, I crave cappuccino or something." And, <laughs> yeah, and I want to laugh. Wonder Woman says, yeah, yeah, that's it. Laughs and, and, and Vampire Wonder Woman says, "It's Americano for me." Uh, so that was really cool. Um, also, Hitler on the toilet, you know, in agony. Um, that was kind of funny too in the um, the Masterman issue. Um, yeah. They, I have mixed feelings about this series because there's some bits that are awesome, um, and I, there are other. I have to admit, by the time I got to the guidebook, I was ready for it to end. I was just like, <laughs> "Can we just 
get to the end of it, uh, it, it got a bit boring for me. But, you know, hats off to Morrison for, you know, covering different genres and, and different styles of comics. So, like, you know, you've got the pulp stuff in the Society of Superheroes. You've kind of got the um, almost present-day um, commentary on youth and social media and uh technology and the the just issue um you've got the the old school fun plain simple fun comic reads in, in thunderworld adventures that was a lot of fun um i i did really like the league of savannas in this storyline that was they were just crazy good fun um the yeah by the time you get to ultra comics i'm kind of like come on just end it already because you're right this with most of Morrison's stuff, I read it, then I have to go away and read other stuff to try and make sense of it. So, um, yeah, this was meant to be like a launcher for a whole bunch of different, you know, uh, different world-based comics, but it's clearly a vanity project by the time you get to the end of it. Um, and Pax Americana, I kind of enjoy because it's got that... It's using the Charlton heroes in kind of a Watchmen way, but there's so many levels in that one that you really need to go and do your your post read read if that makes sense, uh, especially with all the stuff to do with the number eight. And one thing I read that uh, I found really interesting and made me go back and reread this issue is that when you think about it, when you're reading a, a comic book page, um, your eyes are kind of doing a number eight as well because you start on the top right and then you circle down and then you're going back around to the opposite corner um especially when in that issue you know the majority of panels uh number eight in in each page so that was the pax americana was like the really head scratching <laughs> multiple reads required <laughs> issue so yeah it, it's most of it's good fun i found bits of it boring um there are a couple of laugh out loud moments but it's i didn't love it but i enjoyed the majority of it if that makes sense yeah, okay. And what about you, Jerry? Well, I really like the map of the multiverse and all the guides to all the different Earths, and I kind of wish that was at the beginning for some of this because, yeah. I, you know, I recognize some of these characters, you know, a lot of the characters, but not everybody. So it would have been – and the funny thing is, is when this actually came out, somebody said, oh, check out Multiversity, and, and I actually picked up that um, – the map issue, and I was like, what is this? You know, there's no story. So it was like I, I, I didn't continue. But, um, you know, the map thing, it was like the appendices at the back of Lord of the Rings. You know, you're just like, wow, yeah. really cool. Sure. Um, I love uh, Captain Carrot. I love, love it when Captain Carrot shows up. I'm not like a zoo f uh, crew fan, but, uh, you know, you know, you know, you're having an event when Captain Carrot shows up. Right. <laughs> he, <laughs> he gets decapitated. His head gets put back on. Um, and, uh, you, you know, it's just, uh, I, I really thought that part was a lot of fun. Um, Captain Carrot, remember in Convergence, he had the thing with Harley Quinn and I thought that was fun. So I've, I always liked him. Yeah. It seemed like, you know, I think I, of all of the, the sections, I probably liked the Savannah day one best. I, mm -hmm. I thought that was the most entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. And always love vampire Batman whenever he shows up, <laughs> you know, it, it seemed like there was a lot of fan service, right? So, you know, you mm -hmm. have your couple of characters that you like and you can look at him in the book and you say, oh, I like that chapter because I like, you know, the teenage heroes, teenage Batman and all that stuff. You know, so maybe you would like that section. So I think that there there's something for everyone, but not a lot for very many people. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of it seems to be predicated on the fact that uh, Grant Morrison read the uh, the Barry Allen comics where Barry was reading reading the adventures of Jay Garrick in comics, and we just went, oh, hang, okay, okay, across uh, universes, everyone gets comics of everyone else's stories, and mm. and that little spark in his brain never stopped firing, and it led to this story where everything, like we see. Uh, the first chapter, the Society of Superheroes, we read that as a comic, and then we see it um, in the Just, and then we see Pax Americana. There's copies of both those comics, and it just goes on and on. So that the yeah. characters in the comic are reading the story as they go, the same way as us, and it's 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 mm-hmm. weird like that. And it just yeah, uh, um, I think my favourite one is Pax Americana, just because uh, I think it's a very it's a very good map to how you can keep doing Watchmen without um, basically. Uh, making Alan Moore feel bad, and that's using the characters that were imagi- originally meant to be part of Watchmen. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I did like that because it was a kind of like a parallel to the original Watchmen in that um, someone worked out how to make the world better and safer, um, and instead of sacrificing a whole chunk of the population with a giant squid, it involved just killing one one man, the president, and the president mm. actually came up with that plan and used um, Peacemaker to do it. And when you think about Peacemaker, you know, the man who loves peace so much he's willing to kill for it. That's exactly what he did. And, uh, yeah, but it's kind of... Um, you had to think about that one to really get there, I thought. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this is a real pity that um, the DC Universe had moved on so much that it, it wasn't looking for a new direction for characters at this point. It already had a, you know, cross-the-line uh, cross reboot. Um and this was the way forward that it was going instead of wanting Grant Morrison to give them launching things, which, you know, I think had this landed like 10 years earlier, 8 years earlier, it would have been, you know, very welcome. The DC Universe would have gone, oh, yes, we want to have um, fresh uh, Shazam stories and uh, things like that. I don't know about the Hitler Earth, whether we want that, but, I mean, that was to do a new, <laughs> a new uh, Freedom Fighters comic. You know, yeah, he, yeah. his plan was you tell these stories in these worlds and you don't cross over unless there's something really epic about crossing over. So, you know, they would mm. be self-contained. So the adventures of Uncle Sam and Hitler Earth and things like that. So, yeah, yeah um, I'm not sure if the Just would have had much <laughs> future. That was like disillusioned teenagers. and um, Well, they even said in their own comic that, yeah, they've got nothing to do. They reenact yeah. battles that their parents did because the world's safe because there's an entire army of Superman robots protecting everyone from everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd be, I would have been, yeah, it would have been interesting to see some of these launch into proper series, but yeah, I don't see the Just doing that at all. No. I like the cover, though. Yeah, great cover. But it reminded me of what um, Mark Miller did with um, Jupiter's Legacy, uh, if any of you read that. Which is basically um, the children of superheroes who have um, nothing as important to do as their parents did. Um, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I remember that one. I haven't read it, though, yeah. Yeah, well, basically, it. they turn on their, their parents' generation, so... Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Darn kids. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, we might play a promo, and then we'll come back with some scoring on this thing. stuff we review a little old a lot of new come and join in all the fun help clean up when we're done come party with the professor come party with the professor 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 frenzy show 
Professor Frenzy Show. Professor Frenzy Show. The Professor Frenzy Show. If you like indie comics and also like podcasts, please try The Professor Frenzy Show. Find the show in iTunes Search and Facebook. Episodes tweeted out on at Professor Frenzy on Twitter. Thank you. Uh, so now it's the part of the show where we score our event, and the way we do this is a uh, there's four different categories, um, so we can give it a maximum of ten for each category. Uh, that gives us a score of 120, but I'll be the semi OCD, so I will have my score halved, so which gives us a total out of a hundred. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jerry, what do you think of the eventiness of this? I would give this a five. Um, it did feel like an event, but the danger and the resolution wasn't really clear and consistent the one shots really didn't have anything to do with the main story and it very loosely kind of wrapped so yeah i think about a five okay and mike Uh, i'm gonna give it a six uh pretty much for the same reasons as jerry that yeah it was an event that happened uh but uh, yeah uh it just sort of, it just happened, <laughs> um, and, and once again with Grant Morrison, it's like, oh my gosh, the entire multiverse is in danger, huh? And it's like, yeah, we know they're gonna save the day, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll give it a six. Oh, okay, I'm also going to give it a six. Um, and basically, I think, I mean, it's a, it feels like a really big event, um, and it sort of mimics uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, except it's all um, a one-writer show, so none of the other comics got to play with it. So, there, you know, there were no existing titles pulled into it, which is why I would, you know, uh, take a few marks off it and bring it just down to a six. But, I mean, it felt epic, and it felt like, you know, Grant Morrison redoing Crisis on Infinite Earths in... Uh, a more imaginative way than just using what was there, but creating new pieces to to play with. So yeah, six for me. Uh, Mike, what do you think of the writing? <sighs> uh, I'm going to give it a six, um, and I, I feel kind of bad about this because it's Grant Morrison, but it's also kind of self-indulgent Grant Morrison. Uh, on the one hand, he's showing us how very very clever he is. On the other hand, by the time I got to the guidebook, as I was reading them in order, I got really bored with it. And it's kind of like, yeah, as you said, the, the one-shots don't really tie into each other. They kind of give hints. It's like, hey, we should read this other comic book that the reader has also read to get hints as to what's going on. And it's like, oh, come on, just get on with it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's an interesting story, but it's kind of frustrating and boring. For, it was boring for me as I went along with it, so I'm going to give it six. And Jerry? I'd give the writing a six. So, you know, I'm a bad family fan, but I'm not really that much into a lot of these other characters or Earths and stuff like that. Um, the writing, it seemed kind of, it seemed slow. It seemed like they weren't giving up the plot very, um, very easily. And it seemed like a, a lot of fan service and a lot of Easter eggs. And I think it's almost like, you know, a lot of these stories were kind of put out there for the all the Easter eggs. Like, oh, look, there's Vampire Batman. Oh, look, there's this, you know, character I like. And um, so, yeah, I think the writing was clever, but, um, you know, plot wise, it was weak. <laughs> yeah, I well, I think that's, uh, you know, the, all the different characters popping. I think that's actually a feature rather than a bug. And it's very like the crisis i mean everyone is meant to be there so showing like we saw fate you know the the one with the knife and we saw tachyon and characters like that that you just didn't expect to see so i kind of like that i think 
I think the problem with um, Grant Morrison for me, and I think it's not a problem for everybody, but there's ideas that he has, and he gives you some of the idea and some of the consequences, and you have to make a little bit of an intuitive leap between the two. Uh, like, mm-hmm. he doesn't lay down the tracks completely. So, like, the... For instance, the Chibi uh, characters, the Chibi Justice League, they turned out mm-hmm. to all be um, robots who were created by the gentry to... Um, I, I don't know what they were there to do, but it... it <laughs> yeah, there's something I didn't quite get, but I think the mm-hmm. comic would reward me if I kept reading it over and over again. This is the second time I've read it, and I think I enjoyed it more the second time than the first time. So if I you know, took the time and read this like every couple of months, I'm sure I would just keep getting more and more out of it, and I think there's more to get... So for that reason, I'm going to give the writing eight. I think it's, um, you know, I'm not sure if it's the fault of Grant Morrison if uh, everyone can't keep up. <laughs> and I think he's he's written it very knowingly because at, literally at one point he said, you know, this is written, it's not written weirdness for weirdness sake, which is the main criticism you hear of Grant Morrison's books. So he's obviously aware of what people think of his writing mm-hmm. <laughs> and sort of poking the bear a bit there. So, yeah, I... Yeah, I'm giving it an 8. I think it's it's pretty solid stuff. Uh, now, the art and the covers. I can't fault this. I think it's it's a 10 across the board. I mean, the covers are fantastic. The art is great. The, uh, the only deficiency in the covers is there were variant covers where Grant Morrison did the art. and um, <laughs> Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And they're not as good as the others, but um, he does a lot of the design work for some of the characters. And, you know, I'm sure, like, where you get the panel borders bleeding out of the Rubik's Cube... Grant Morrison would have needed to draw that to show the artist how to do that. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure he would have described that one in writing. Um, but I think it's fantastic. I'm giving it a 10 across the board. What about you, Mike? I am also going to give it 10. Uh, there is not a bad-looking issue amongst the any any of these. They're all uh, fantastic bits of work um, and really enjoyable to look at. So, yeah, I, uh, 10 for everything. Yeah. <laughs> and Jerry? Yeah, I'd give it a pretty high score. I'd give it a nine. Um, I really love these covers, some really iconic ones. I like the Ultraman one, very dynamic. Um, and the Society of Superheroes with Dr. Fate. I really, really like that cover. Um, and like I mentioned before with the, the Just cover, looks like Tiger Beat magazine. So I think that was really fun. <laughs> um, just uh yeah it's very creative the art is completely solid you know different uh styles as you'd expect with different artists but you know like the the captain marvel book which is i think the one that i really like the most um uh, just it, it was really colorful and really really attractive to my eye mm, yeah and that brings us to the last category which is impact and legacy so jerry do you want to have a stab at this first Absolutely, this should be easy. I think this would be about somewhere in the neighborhood mm, of a zero, I think. Um, <laughs> I really I really liked having the multiversity map uh, and the description of the Earths, um, but I don't think anything really comes out of this. Um, it's just, it's kind of self-contained. Mm, and what about you, Mike? I'm going to give it one because, yeah, this these didn't really lead to anything other than the fact that, um, yeah, the multiverse stuff is being picked up in current uh, Justice League storylines where we're dealing with the whole dark multiverse where we have a certain Batman who laughs in the worst lettering ever, um, <laughs> you know, stinking up all the books. And so it's like a begrudging one <laughs> because of that whole dark multiverse, which came out of this whole multiversity map. 
Because, um, yeah, there was something about, oh, we'll flip the map upside down, and, oh, look, they're all dark and evil. So that's the only legacy kind of thing I can think of that came out of this, so it's one from me. Oh, you guys. Very harsh. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to give it five, just because I think uh, it's there's a lot of stuff that people can pick up on if they're ready to and they want to. Um, I think definitely Scott Snyder, I mean, the whole premise of... Uh, was it the Hall of Heroes or the House of Heroes that's shown up in the Justice League? I must admit, when I read that the first time, I was like, where the hell did this come from? And then eventually I went, oh, that's right, it's in Multiversity. And it's weird because no one ever touched it and then suddenly it's it's like a way station for the Justice League to pass through um, that you know, rarely gets mentioned anywhere else. It's so strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I mean, Grant Morrison has said that he wants to do a Flash sequel to Multiversity. Um, so... And, you know, given the origins of, you know, Flash reading comics about uh, The Flash, and uh, I'm sure he wants to write comics about The Flash reading comics about The Flash. Um, So that's probably what will happen one day when the time is right, if it comes down to it. And, you know, just because... I mean, the nature of the DC Universe, it's a shared universe. People, you know... People flip through who's who and go, oh, this character, I might use that. You know, like uh, James Robinson completely mined um, first issue special when he wrote his comics. Like he just used just about every single character he could from first issue special. And I think, you know, this is creating things that people can use later. So I'm going to give it a five. I think there's there's stuff there that has been used and there's a lot of stuff that could be used. Um Yeah, but, I mean, I think it suffers because it's a one-man event. So, you know, the fact Mm -hmm. that the hall of editorial wasn't behind it and pushing it, you know, particularly, I mean, when they do an event like that, they want to have books that come from it. So, yeah. So, interesting, interesting comic. Anyway, we have all our scores. Let's add them all up. So, Jerry, you gave it 5, 6, 9, and 0. That gives you a score of 20 out of 40. And Mike, you gave it 6, 6, 10, and 1, which is 23 out of 40. And I gave it uh, 6, 8, 10, and 15, which is 29. Uh, but we round that up to 30. And then Harvard, which gives me 15. And if we add those together, we get a grand total of 58. 58 right there. Ooh. So, um, yeah, um, it's, I think it's reflected its um, lack of event um, follow-through, I think, is uh, the thing that drags the score down. Certainly, it's worth a read and it's worth looking at. Uh, but, yeah, that puts it on the same level of uh, Young Justice, Sins of Youth. Oh, okay. I think I'd rather yeah. read this than Sins of Youth, but uh, there we go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tough choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's look at some feedback that's come in from previous episodes. So, um, we had some feedback for the Forever Evil episode, which was our last ep, which was what, more than two months ago, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, we heard from someone called Jason. He said, hi, guys, and greetings from sunny St. Augustine. Ooh, it's from the, ooh, the islands. As much as I love hearing your opinions about comics I'm familiar with, I really fo- look forward to the episodes about events I missed out on. I recently moved Final Crisis into my reread list for the first time since it came out after listening to your recent episode. I was very checked out of DC by the time Forever Evil came about, but I was always curious how Lex made the switch from being a member of the League and what was the deal with the evil female Adam. After listening to your thoughts, I'm glad I'm both glad I missed it as it came out and happy at the idea of enjoying it for what it is. Hmm. Anyway, solid story and art, but extreme versions of the main characters. 
Well, keep up the great work. Hopefully your DCOCD continues to be treated as 5G, 5G looms ever closer. So 5G was the uh, thing that DC was planning, and we're not even sure if it's going to happen now because of um, mm. the uh, Dan DiDio removal and the... Yes. I believe the free comic book day 5G special is in the back of the fast-forward trade, which is... Um, mm. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm not going to read <laughs> that. <laughs> Yay? Question mark? <laughs> Uh, we also heard from Tim Price, and he said, um, I think this is the second time I've heard the show refer to Alexander Luther as the evil Lex Luther, as opposed to the good Lex Luther. That doesn't sound right. Uh, considering that I haven't read all of Jeff John's greatest hits in individual series, maybe I'll give this one a try sometime to get them all in one place to save myself the energy. Uh, great show, Paul. Uh, good Mike and evil Mike. <laughs> Um, he said, P.S. I'm a big fan of They Might Be Giants and their song was a great choice. Thumbs up. Oh, thank you, Tim. And we also heard from Martin Gray who said, uh, Forever Evil. Overall, this is pretty indistinct in my memory. Just one more entry in the Jeff Johns Dandadio never ending New 52 morass of malaise. And, oh, I'm not always getting at you. I'm very fond of the ground on which you walk. <laughs> Yes, I think I made a comment that he was always having a go at us. I, I think one of us did, yes, yes. yes. Uh, we love you, Martin, so mm. it's all good. Yeah. And we also got a comment on uh, episode 35, which was Blackest Nights, from Alan P. And he said, another great episode. Agreed on the scoring for the most part. This one belongs near the top. Completely unrelated to the topic of the episode, the, but one thing that caught my attention was Laurel mentioning no official listing of Huntress appearances. While there is no official listing, there is a rather robust, unofficial one that I refer to quite often as I seek to arrange my single-issue comics in a somewhat sensible reading order. The wiki dcuguide.com has title indexes and, most notably, character chrono chronologies, including Miss Bertinelli. Happy reading and keep DCOCDing. Now, that's a good tip. Yeah, we do look things up. Um, I was actually looking for something on Multiversity to read after I read it to say, OK, maybe something can make my brain fire a bit better about what this is. And I found a site that had um, Multiversity annotations uh, page by page. And I looked at oh, that yeah. for two seconds and thought, I'm not going to read all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did do similar with the Pax Americana one because that one is like probably the most uh, dense read out of all of them and I knew there was stuff that, I remember the first time I read it I knew there was stuff I wasn't picking up on uh, it's spaghetti fingers like you mentioned Paul um, so I did a little bit of that this time around and, and kind of understood a bit more about what they were trying for so yeah research always fun hmm. maybe spaghetti fingers could become the new um, buzzword about you know not understanding something Yes. Yes. You heard it here kids. <laughs> Spaghetti fingers. I, I think you're right, though. I think this would, you know, digging into at least some of these chapters again, I think would be better. Yeah. I think that's part of its problem, though, in trying to discuss it as a coherent story, because yeah. it's it's pretty much just a bunch of one shots that yeah. very loosely tie into actually what's going on which is the frustrating bit. I mean, yeah. and, 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 and that's on one hand. On the other hand, they're, they're all kind of really well put together one-shots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, and but I then, think that's reflected in the, in the, the final score in that it's kind of, it's, it, on the one hand, it's good. On the other hand, it's frustrating. So, yeah. yeah. And the thing I think that really frustrated me was that this, the empty hand is the big bad. And he just says, eh, you guys are nothing. I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> Yeah. They didn't beat anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, 
well, we, we, we've done it, gents. We survived. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. We, we lived to write another day. I mean, so, I, I keep thinking of things that I wanted to say, but, you know, they slipped away with spaghetti fingers. So. Spaghetti yeah. fingers. Oh, that, that was the... I, I would have liked to have seen Operation Justice Incarnate spin off into something. Yeah. You know, mm. that that's, mm-hmm. for me, is the biggest disappointment that you've got the House of Heroes. That would be a fantastic ongoing Elseworld story. Um, you know, they could change the cast every now and then, but the cast that they have at the end of Multiversity 2... Um, is just it looks awesome, you know. And you've yeah. even got some Australian representation there with yeah. um, Wanderer, although yeah. he says mate too many times. So um, mate, yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I think that is all for the show. Um, we have scored it. We've done the feedback. Um, what we're doing next time okay so I, I think we've got to do a waiting for doom Mike and we'll do the last uh, issue of weight of the worlds correct yes finally the weight is off our shoulders as issue seven of weight of the worlds finally appears yes um, and I think next time we come back on DCOCD we're going to be looking at convergence convergence uh-huh. a lot less obtuse than this um Jerry, do you want to talk about your shows? I mean, I'll just, I mean, personally, the thing I love about Jerry's shows is he uh, focuses on uh, non-Big 2 comics and tells you what's good to read, and it's um, very, very useful if you, you know, you're looking in the comic shop and going, oh, what do I want to read, what's good? Uh, Jerry is your man. Jerry and Chris, they can uh, steer you right. So tell us about your other shows and that show and things. Absolutely. So we do the podcast called The Professor Frenzy Show, my buddy Chris and I, and The Professor Frenzy Show, as you know, is a show. <laughs> uh, you can find you can find it if you do an iTunes search for The Professor Frenzy Show. Uh, we cover new indie comics. We do a lot of horror comics, um, new stuff, though, you know, week to week. Uh, Chris also does Memory Minute Monday, and he covers some interesting things from his past. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. You can get me on Twitter at Professor Frenzy, and we also have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can search for Professor Frenzy on YouTube. We've been covering some um, some recent indie comics with videos, so uh, I think that that's I'm having a lot of fun doing that. But it's a ton of work, uh, and we have some really really wild stuff that we're working on coming up on the YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to be releasing some test videos soon, so if you subscribe to the channel and and um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'd love to get to 100, 100 so I could be, you know, YouTube slash Professor Frenzy. Oh. But we're still a, a bunch of letters and numbers, so still working on that. <laughs> and Mike, uh, who are you? Uh, hi, I'm Mike. I'm, oh, hang on, wrong group. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I podcast with Paul mostly, and you can find our stuff on WaitingForDoom.com, where we do uh, Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast. We do The Gary Show, where Paul and I talk about anything and everything. And this show, DCOCD. So, yeah. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at AvantGarve. Yeah, go find him. He's fun. Um, oh, you. Oh, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, if you want to send us any feedback, you can go to waitingfordoom.com where you can see the scores for uh, all the events that we have scored and all the episodes. And there's a link to every single episode if you want to listen to one. And you go, oh, okay, I haven't listened to that one. Um, and the score's really good. You can look at it in terms of episode order or you can look at it in ranking order so you can see what's at the top and what's at the bottom, John Byrne. Um, and... <laughs> Oh, spoilers. Uh, you can also, uh, we've got at DCOCDcast is us on Twitter, and you can send us emails at DCOCDcast at gmail.com. 
com and I think that's it and uh, yeah I'm I'm rusty aren't I <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> it has been a while anyway uh, music goodbye